Hello, hello. Welcome back. It is Leading Women in Tech, and this is the first solo episode of 2024. Welcome back to the show. I hope you've had a wonderful, safe holiday, spent it with family and friends. It was amazing how quickly 2023 went by. I felt all year, and I feel like I say this every year, every year gets faster. We're already here. It's already the new year. So as we step into 2024, I would be very remiss to not remind you that now is a great time to plan for the upcoming year. That's what I want to talk about today. Although planning for the new year in any business and any life should really start during the last few months of the previous year. If you miss that, then this new year, especially January, offers a unique opportunity for a fresh start. And I'm actually going to be talking about personal planning more than anything, but the process I talk about is actually so simple, you should be using it with your team. Um, Hopefully you've got your team KPIs already set out. You'd have done that last year. Your business goals probably came down middle of the year. Hopefully your team therefore was working on their annual plan in December or earlier, but sometimes that doesn't happen. And so if that's the case, then use the methodology I'm going to talk about today for your team as well. I'm going to talk about a little bit about both, but why do we do this? Welcome to the Leading Women in Tech podcast, the show that celebrates women in technology leadership. I'm your host, Tony Collis, and this podcast is the result of my passion for building better tech by diversifying the leadership of the technology sector. Join me on this journey as I discuss all things leadership, what it takes to be innovative, breaking through the glass ceiling, be a great leader, and how to navigate the unique experiences we face as women in tech. So sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready to be inspired to become a better leader. Well, first up, let's talk about this fresh start effect. Research shows that calendar landmarks, and we are in uh, the calendar era of January being start of the new year in most parts of the world. This calendar landmark has a profound effect on our motivation to set and achieve goals. We also see it for most Western countries, in September as well. It's not quite as strong as January, but there's something that going into the fall, going into the autumn, what can I get done by the end of the year? It's a similar effect. You'll have a personal one often around your birthday, start of my next year, what can I do? It becomes a personal thing. This is a real thing. The fresh start effect really helps us channel our energy into doing things. Why so many of us set resolutions. So in this episode, I want to help you take advantage of that fresh start energy in your career goals. I want you to recognize that this January is not just a time for personal resolutions, such as losing weight, letting go of all the Christmas stuff, eating healthier, whatever it is you've got personally going on this year. It's also a chance to strategically plan for your professional journey. January isn't a month, it's a fresh start, that clean slate. It allows us to reevaluate, reconnect, recommit to our goals. While many choose those personal resolutions I talked about, it's really a great time to look at what you want to do professionally. Remember that your career, your job, is the thing you spend more time doing than anything else in your life except sleeping. So I want you to use this year to take a step towards something exciting professionally, something that's going to light you up, something that's going to mean that you love going to work on most days. I'm not saying every single day. I think we all have bad days. Even I have bad days. I love what I do. There are days I'm like, oh, do I want to do this? But honestly, I want you to have a job that you love most of the time. And we can do that. We can use this fresh start phenomenon to really engage in getting excited. 
and use your natural motivation that comes at this time of year to set you on that path to some personal objectives that means that you love your job and your career. They are two different things. Remember, your job is what you do day to day. Your career is what you do for the rest of your life. It is recognizing that your job is just a set of daily activities. Your career is a strategy. It's kind of tactics and strategy. But before we dig into making these grand plans, I want to talk about the challenges and pitfalls that cause goals to fall apart. We all know what it is. Some of us have even stopped doing New Year's resolutions. I did a few years ago because of the fear of getting to mid-January, best February, and I'm not doing them anymore. And so we stop making them, we forget to do the work, we make excuses, and everything is stopped within a couple of weeks. And we have the sense of failure and negativity. I want you to focus on the positivity around annual planning. A lot of resolutions fail because we try and do too much at once. But we do want to take advantage of this fresh start of it. So we want to have a chance to set ourselves up for success in the long term, not just derailing our planning and our goals because we've taken on too much. So the first thing that tends to derail us is not having a clear enough why. On the days when you feel like giving up, your why is going to be what motivates you and drives you forward, even when you don't want to. I remember, gosh, about four years ago now, I realized I needed to take control of my health. I had really bad asthma. I was really struggling to breathe. The doctors were just giving me more and more drugs that weren't helping, but just made me feel worse, making me feel shaky. And I remember sitting down with my husband in January, four years ago, and saying, I need to take control of this. The doctors aren't helping. They don't know what to do with me. It's right at the beginning of COVID. And my doctor had actually said, you need to go and see a specialist, but they're all busy with COVID. (laughs) I was like, okay, I have to take control of this. And that was the motivation I needed to take control of my diet. I felt like diet was the first thing to look at because so many people in my family, including my husband, have had dietary restrictions. I've seen the long-term consequences of eating a certain food that's bad for you and you might not realize you're having symptoms. You come off it. I had a colleague years ago who was an undiagnosed celiac and she would take so many sick days. She would just get flu all the time. And as soon as she stopped that, she stopped being sick. My mom is also a celiac. It's a long time ago when I was a little girl, but she used to just have stomachache all the time. So I was like, okay, let's have a look at my diet. And I had a really strong why. I was sick and tired of not being able to breathe. And it's been a long journey. But today, except when I get sick, <laughs> I will tell you that if I get sick, my asthma comes back full, full whammy. But except when I get sick, my asthma is basically under control purely by diet. And I needed that motivation, though, to look at my eating. Before that, I was like, I don't really mind what I eat. I try and eat my fruit and vegetables, but, you know... I give in to having the chocolate and the sweets, which I love, but they actually trigger my asthma. I still like chocolate, by the way. I just have to moderate how much. <laughs> so I want you to have a look at your why. I want you to have a look at what on a specific day would draw upon you to get you through a difficult moment. What is going to push you through the discomfort of growing, of not knowing something, of solving a problem? Have a look at your why. What is it that is driving you? If you don't know that, we need to have a chat. Another thing I want you to love to look at is how realistic your action plan is. When you plan five or 10 year goals, the end point can feel so far off in the distance, it may seem unobtainable. But if you break it down into smaller stepping stones that are measurable, then you're going to close that gap between now and five or 10 years away. 
Find some accountability is another key one. Relying solely on willpower just won't be enough. So find an accountability partner, a coach, someone to push you out of your comfort zone. I personally teach self-accountability, but most of the people I work with come to us for some accountability aside from anything else. But then hopefully you learn self-accountability. I have huge amounts of self-accountability. And honestly, it comes down to understanding my why more than anything. But it takes time to build self-accountability. I don't think it's something that most humans have naturally. Most of us really struggle with it. I certainly did for many, many years. And then you may also find that another common issue is having too many goals at once, leaving you stretched too thin, overwhelmed, lacking bandwidth, and you feel like you should just give up because there's too much to do. I personally believe in having one or maybe two goals at a time. There may be a sequence of goals, and I'm a big believer in the phrase, figure out the one thing that's going to make everything else easier or unnecessary. If I've got a whole load of things I want to do, I order them based on that statement. What's the one thing that's going to make everything else easier or unnecessary? It's so incredibly powerful to do that. But you want to have no more than one, maybe two concurrent goals going on. You work on those, you master them, and then you add in the next one. Then you come to the next one. Now, I've got a five, 10-year plan. I've got a good five-year plan and I've got a vague 10-year plan written out, right? They get very vague the bigger they go. And they're big goals. But what I then do is break them down into smaller goals. And I only ever work on one or two small goals at a time. We're actually still working on our 2023 goals as a business, which are also my personal goals because I'm a business owner. We're still working on them because we didn't get them last year. And I'm okay with that. I like to have a time frame. I'm a big believer in a smart goal. But I'm also not going to beat myself up that we didn't achieve them last year. We learned so much as a business last year. One of the reasons we're still working on the goals is because we tried a whole load of things. We failed. We learned. And I celebrate that. We learned so much last year. So my personal goals and my business goals are very aligned because of who I am. And we're still working on them. And that's okay. I then have a personal health goal as well alongside that. But again, one at a time. The final thing that tends to trip us up is life. (laughs) Obstacles get in the way, our goals take a back seat. We're unprepared, we're blindsided for life's interruptions, goals become abandoned. That's why planning and anticipation of any challenges is going to be key to your success in staying on track. Remember, anticipating is a really, really important leadership trait as well. All that said and done, I truly believe annual planning is a positive and exciting experience. The goal here is to plan for the long term to keep your North Star front and center. I talk a lot about North Stars in these podcast episodes, in my coaching and my courses. This North Star is our guiding light. It offers direction in a career trajectory. It's more than one resolution. It's a strategic direction, strategic plan for your professional future. Whenever we're taking action, it's important to have that guiding light, that direction of travel. And having a North Star allows you to have a tactical action plan that's strategically aligned to your vision and values instead of being all over the place. Far too many of us just tactically attack our future rather than understanding what tactics are going to get me to that thing far in the distance that I want to achieve. So right now as a business, our North Star is to get to the point where we help a thousand women a year. A thousand women. That is our North Star. We're not there yet. We have a good idea of how to get there. But for the last couple of years, our tactics have been very much aligned with that North Star. Your personal North Star could be 
becoming a C-level executive. It might be retiring with plenty of money, whatever it is. You want to be making sure you're taking aligned action. If you don't know you're an all-star, you can be sabotaging your success by focusing on the wrong thing. I've seen this so many times. If you've ever realized you've backed yourself into a corner professionally, it could be because you lacked a North Star. You need to have a solid vision that excites you and encompasses your career. And by the way, if there's nothing exciting about your career, we really do need to chat about that. You spend more time working, as I've already said, than anything other than sleeping. So you should love it. You should have something that excites you in your future career that's still good today as well. You want to make sure your annual planning is taking you in that direction where you start loving your job, not just your future career. If you aren't excited about your current job or your career in the future, then I definitely need to have a chat with you, book a call with me. It's why I take clients through my sparkle plan process in Lit Up Leadership Academy, where we figure out what lights you up, what's going to help you thrive in your career, what is going to get you out of bed on the difficult mornings, what you love, what you don't love, how to build a career and a job that means you do more of what excites you. For some, those two things are very close. We just need to make some small tweaks so that our current world becomes our North Star direction. For others, we get down to a little reinvention, set yourself on a path towards something you truly love. It can mean a career pivot, which I am happy to help you with. But the key is to make sure you don't put up with not loving what you do. Life is way too short for that. All that said and done, though, the best jobs are when we have a career vision that also aligns with the work we do and the vision we have for our team and our company's vision. When everything lines up like that, you thrive. When you know you love what you do and you happen to be in a company that means that you love what you do, your team thrives and your organization thrives. If you can't get hold of that vision, if you can't get excited about it, if you can't communicate it, you need to reevaluate the strength of your North Star. You need a vision first and foremost and should be powerful enough that you are excited by it. You need to be reminding yourself of your personal North Star on a regular, ideally daily basis. And you need a team North Star that you are similarly excited about. And more important than anything, you can communicate that team North Star regularly so your team can also get behind it. In an ideal world, and this is what we're aiming for in your planning, by the way, your North Star is so aligned with your company's North Star so that you are in a role where if you achieve your North Star, you are helping the company achieve their North Star. They're going to be different corporate North Stars and personal North Stars, unless you're somebody like a CEO like me, they aren't normally aligned, but they should be complementary. If you are on the way to your North Star, you should be thriving at work. And when you thrive at work, you should be doing the work that's going to help your company's direction of travel, that strategic plan that they've got somewhere written down, hopefully. If they don't, we also need to have a chat about your company. (laughs) And hopefully those two things are aligned. When you do that, things just are magical. One other thing to talk about there with our North Star is remember it's not set in stone. If you've got a North Star that's a long way off as it should be, it's okay for it to change. In fact, as you grow, learn and develop and the world moves on, it likely will change. What's true today won't be true in a year's time. You may have to pivot and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't be afraid. I think so many of us are afraid of setting a long-term goal because we don't know enough to know if the thing. We sit on this fence going, oh, I'm so scared to take action in that direction because what if it's the wrong route forward? But that's actually a good thing because the best way to figure out whether or not it's for you is to take action. Don't worry that it's not going to stick forever. You won't. You don't. We None of us stay still. 
all you're saying with your North Star, so I call it a North Star rather than a long-term goal. That North Star is just a direction of travel for right now until you get more data. When you know better, when you do better, and you can update your North Star and be tweak it left and right. You might do a 180. That's also okay. Don't be upset when you realize you wanted to change. Embrace the change. If you're unsure of your North Star, it's also okay. It's never too late to start developing one. I've worked with women a few years away from retirement who've never had one and we talk about it and they come up with something. It's never too late, but the earlier you do it, the more you're going to love life. The journey begins with understanding your why, what drives and excites you in the long term. Reflect on what success looks like for you in five, 10 or 20 years. Learn how to communicate this vision openly and proudly. Don't be afraid of it. Share it with friends, with family, with colleagues for added support and encouragement. And if you've got people that discourage you, maybe you don't bother having them in your lives as much. <laughs> Enjoying the journey is crucial for maintaining motivation during challenging times. And this North Star isn't just an endpoint, it's that direction of travel. Remember, it's okay for it to change as you grow, you learn, and as the world evolves around you. So your North Star might not be crystal clear right now. It might be that it's a specific job, a responsibility, a key achievement, financial freedom, a retirement date, something else entirely, but you might not be fully getting it. It's just crucial at this point to recognize elements that matter to you. It could be the pursuit of natural freedom, the ambition to become a leader or something more hazy at this point, some sort of undefined goal, feeling, an experience. This is a personal exploration. You don't have to share it with anyone, but if you can figure it out, do share it. Be honest with yourself though about what truly matters because that's what you anchor to. If it doesn't feel right, it's not anchored enough. Might be scary, but true. Don't be afraid of being scared of your ambition. We've talked about that before on this podcast. I, I talk about being scare sighted. I stole that word from my coach, Corey. You can get scared and excited. Don't be, don't be worried about being scared of it, but it needs to anchor you. It needs to excite you in some way, even if it's a bit scary. On average, your North Star should evoke positive feelings, maybe with a little bit of fear of like, oh my gosh, really? But positive feelings, even without all the data. Okay, let's talk about timelines. If you've got your North Star, we now want to have a look at what can we do this year. We want to get to the point of what's going to happen this year. We're talking annual planning after the world rule. The thing about timelines is it's a bit of a weird balancing act. If we think three years or less, we tend to think too optimistically as humans. We can think that we can achieve way more than is realistic. It's two to three years, it's a bit vague. It varies from individual to individual, but short term, we tend to think we can pack more in. How many times have you thought, I can get all this done today, all this done this week? That tends to go to the two to three year mark. Bizarrely, beyond that, we become more pessimistic and think we can't possibly achieve more. It's like they're so big, those goals, and we have no idea how to achieve them that we think things are going to take far longer than they actually will. So what I like to do is just pick something in the future, something that excites you. You don't have to put a date on it, it's your North Star. It's not a smart goal. It's your North Star. Then I want you to break it down into manageable milestones. So start with, let's say that's 10 years away. Don't be scared of, oh my gosh, can I do that in 10 years? It's an artificial point in time at this stage because things will change in five years time, let alone 10 years time. If you have a goal for 10 years time, what would you need to do in five years to get there? If you need to be there in five years, what would you need to do in two years to get there? then one year, and then six months, and then quarters, right? This is a great way to do that realistic planning. 
because you may well have a look at that and think, gosh, I can't possibly do that in six months. Okay, push that 10-year thing a little bit further out. Just divide and conquer and then push it back up again and think, what could I do in the first quarter that's going to get me on the route to this? This is a great way to start your annual planning. So for example, if you know in 10 years time, you want to be a C-level executive and right now you're a senior manager, by the way, that is totally, totally possible. I've got my first C-level role in seven years and finishing my PhD. Very doable. <laughs> At five years, you likely want to be working on your next VP role, right? That means in two to three years, you want to be looking at a senior direct position, which means your goal for this year is to move from senior manager to director. That's what you are then going to break down to monthly targets 2024. By the end of 2024, I want to be a director. Right now, I'm a senior manager. What do I need to be doing this year in order to get to that direct position? You see what I'm doing there? Breaking it down? Hopefully, you get the idea. So once you've got that, how can you then infuse excitement and joy into your journey? This is so important. We're talking more than just work goals. We're delving into these personal aspirations. This is stuff nobody's going to be pulling out of you. You're not going to have a boss saying, where's that deliverable? This is a plan for you, your career, your life. So we need to make sure that you are excited about it. You want to have quarterly, monthly plans with milestones that are exciting. Every single milestone in the year should be something you're like, gosh, if I did that, I'd be so damn proud of myself. Or gosh, if I did that, I'm going to be so aligned with where I want to go. Might be some hard work, but you've got to feel alignment. What small action can you take in January, February, March and beyond? Don't make the mistake of putting everything into one month. You'll burn out. Too much to do. Can equal stress and stress causes burnout. Equally, don't push everything into the second half of the year. You'll get there and then you'll feel overwhelmed. Now, there are good reasons to hold off planning and not do anything until several months down the line. And if that's true, then you may well not even be listening to this episode because you're probably thinking, oh, annual plan's not for me. You need to listen to it. There are good reasons. For example, I went through a family bereavement in October and I honestly didn't execute most of my plans in November and December. My business, we just ticked over as a business. I gave myself the grace to allow myself to just be. I went through the daily processes and practices, support my clients, but we weren't focused on the growth that is our North Star direction of travel action plan, right? But equally, I don't want to get going on that for too long. I needed space, but by mid-December, I was definitely feeling more vibrant, more able to achieve stuff and looking forward to January. Here we are. Of, okay, let's get back on this road. And I know that my family want that for me as well. So I'm not feeling any guilt. It's where I get my joy and my happiness. So I'm happily back to embracing that. But one word of caution on this. There are lots of good reasons, bereavement being one that's top of mind for me. There are lots of good reasons not to plan. This is going to be uncomfortable, but burnout is not a good reason to not plan. I have many women coming to me saying they are burnt out and they're rightly frightened of planning because of the perceived additional stress that these plans place on us. Here's the thing though. If you're in a job or a workplace that's caused burnout, a plan to exit becomes paramount. You don't need a North Star necessarily, although I would argue that having a North Star means that the next step you're going to make is going to light you up more and let you step away from the burnout fully. But here's what you need to hear, my love. Nothing is going to change if you don't change. Waiting for some miraculous thing to happen that's going to give you the energy to do the job hunt or whatever it is you need to do to step away from the burnout, that is going to require you to do something differently in your current day-to-day processes. 
And if you don't do that strategically, you may well change things, but be still in the burnout stage because nothing actually has improved. If you don't plan your exit, nothing is going to change. What I would urge you to do is to baby steps though. If you're planning through burnout, the plan needs to be kind. It needs to be gentle. It needs to excite you if you can get there, but it needs to be lovingly done with a lot of self-compassion. Okay, back on to the main topic now. (laughs) I also think every plan should have celebration mapped out. Every achievement deserves celebration. How will you celebrate when you hit those monthly milestones, your quarterly goals? This is so crucial and yet so often overlooked. Here's the exciting part. I want you to plan your celebrations. I want you to tell yourself what you're going to do for yourself when you hit that goal, when you hit that milestone, when you've done that work that month. It has to be something that excites you. It doesn't have to be big, but something that really excites you. It could be something you do regularly anyway, but you are just promising yourself you're going to link that up with that. So I love to go and get my nails done. There's a little celebration. I get them done quite a lot, but that's my regular thing. And I will say, oh, this, this week, that's because I did this and I'm so proud of myself. I'm like going to buy myself some jewelry for something more expensive. I probably buy myself that jewelry anyway at some point, but I will link it to an achievement and I will have it in my plan as when I get there, I'm going to go buy this thing for myself. I will buy things for my team in the same way. Like we, we celebrated as a team over Christmas and we had a few little nice things coming people's ways. And that was a milestone of like getting through 2023. It was a tough year. So what I would love for you to do is plan your celebrations and even better, celebrate with me, celebrate with my community, head over LinkedIn, slide into the DMs, join Leading Women in Tech on Slack, link to that in the show notes, by the way, let us know what your plan is, how you're going to celebrate, then share with us along the journey. Don't forget to drop in every time you achieve something and how you're celebrating. I would love to hear from that. Because remember that part of our journey is having community, is having support. And when you celebrate, you're going to have other women celebrating with you. And I just love that. Finally, don't be afraid to plan down to weekly or even daily activities. I encourage the women I work with to have weekly plans, even for their professional stuff, their personal professional stuff, I should say. Right? You're going to have probably a to-do list for work. I want you to have a personal professional to-do list. Those career goals you're working on, have something each week you're working on. Just one thing, because I know you're busy. But I want you to break down those monthly or quarterly goals into weekly or daily tactics, activities that you're going to take. You don't want to do the entire year up front as things will inevitably change as the years go on. But make sure as you start each month, you are breaking your milestones and goals for that month into daily or weekly tasks. It's not rocket science, but it's often overlooked. As I wrap up today's episode, remember that your North Star is not set in stone. It evolves as you grow. The journey should be enjoyable. It should be aligned with you, your values, and it should be exciting. If you would like to, please come and join us in Lit Up Leash Academy. This community is where we share our plans. We share our success. We share our celebration. And every single one of us is there to lift each other up alongside some great coaching to help you along the way. If you want to know more about Lit Up Leash Academy, head over to the show notes for a link to find out more. Over the next few weeks, I have some big topics to discuss scenarios you may experience as a leader, such as trauma in the workplace, how to deal with passive aggressiveness at work, how to set personal boundaries. This is going to be your year. I can't wait to be on the journey with you. I can't wait to be sharing some of my tools with you this year. 
So here's to an awesome 2024. Until next time, stay in your tech leadership game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need you as a leading woman in tech who's happy, planning, and celebrating. Bye for now.